Some seen that picture out there in the, in the foyer. Had that old 1978 Prowler fifth wheel, 25-foot fifth wheel. And uh, me and Anna was in a revival in 1999. There was a lady evangelist. She was from Fort Smith, Arkansas. And we just talked about going full-time. Hadn't really made the transition or, or nothing. We just talked about it. And, <laughs> and uh, so uh, she called me up. Me and Anna called us up and, and, and began to prophesy over us. And, and like I said, I had never seen this woman, didn't know nothing about this woman. We come in late. She called us up. And she looked at both of us, and, and, and she looked at me and said, there's an evangelist upon you, and you're going to preach to the nations. She said, and I see you traveling around in a, in a travel trailer preaching the gospel. And so anyway, I'm nudging my wife like this just in case she didn't believe that I was called. You know what I'm saying? Just kind of nudging like this, and then, how you like that? How you like that? Well, anyway, we get out, and so we're discussing this travel trailer deal, and it was probably two weeks later this lady bought the travel trailer and gave it to us. It sat in my front yard for three months, and I was driving a minivan. I didn't have nothing to pull it with. Come on, somebody. And, and it sat in my front yard for three months. It had that old brown and gold carpet on it and stuff. And so, anyway, we kept looking at it and looking at it and looking at it. What are we going to do? How are we going to pull this? I'm driving a minivan. I don't know. God, what are you doing? So we decided while it was sitting there just to, just to redo it all. And so Anna went and redid everything, put all the uh, new colors and stuff in it. And just a little bit later, uh, amen, the truck came. And uh, so, so what I was going to say before y'all gave was a seed is very important. And when you start sowing seeds, things begin to happen. And when you begin to give, the thing about the seed is, is the Bible says that God's in control of the seed. Amen. Amen. When the Bible says that God is the Lord of the harvest, he is absolutely the Lord of the harvest. Amen. Praise God. So since you gave, I'm going to pray. Dear gracious Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for all those that gave tonight. I thank you, Heavenly Father, Lord, for, for their hearts and their blessings. And, and Heavenly Father, Lord, that you would move mightily. Lord, that, that what we receive in this offering today, this is a seed, and it goes into the ground. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. Praise God. Amen. I'm going to uh, be preaching tonight out of Mark chapter 6. If you got your Bibles, just turn with me to Mark chapter 6, if you would. <laughs> Praise God. Thanks, sir. Mark chapter 6, we're going to go to verse number 45 and read down to verse number 52. Mark chapter 6, verse number 45. Going to read down to verse 52. We are in our Collide series. Amen. Isn't it amazing how what happens when you absolutely just collide into Jesus? Amen. Did, 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 did you know? Well, I mean, most of you do, but you know what a collision does? It'll mess some stuff up. It'll put some damage. Anybody ever collided? My wife, and I won't even look over there, but I'll look this way. Uh... She, she went to work one day, and somebody said, hey, what happened to your wife's car? 
I said, I don't know. There's a big dent in it. And I said, yeah, that, she did that not long ago. <laughs> no, there's another dent in it. And I said, I don't know. So I called my wife and I said, I said, did you run into something? She goes, no. And I said, oh, you didn't? She goes, no. And I said, well, somebody said there was a dent. She goes, oh, well, I was backing out of the garage today, and, and, but I didn't think it did anything. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. Okay, now I can look at her because she's. She ain't looking at me now, so that's a sign she's mad. Uh, so, so, anytime you collide, there's going to be some kind of damage. And Jesus, if he's going to run into you, he's going to make sure that you understand, amen, who you run into. Amen. And so, a lot of times we... We remember that collision when we, man, we collided into God. And I'm telling you, I collided into him and I got saved. I collided into God and I'm telling you what, I mean, just some things happened. But I want to talk tonight about the disciples who collided into God even after they was walking with him. Did you know that sometimes Jesus will just run smack over you even if you've been in church for 20 years? Sometimes he has to wake us up. Sometimes the only way that we'll ever see some things going on is if we run into him. Amen. We can't run into something. When we run into him, he gets our attention. Amen. Some said some years ago that there was this uh, man who bought this uh, brand new Corvette and it had everything on it, brand, brand spanking new Corvette and he was coming through town and, and it was right about while, while, while everybody was getting out, man, he just, he, he, he just paid like $150,000 for this Corvette, and he's coming through town. He's got one hand on it. Man, I mean, he's just looking around, and I mean, I mean, he's wanting everybody to see him. And everybody's getting off work, and it's a busy day. And all of a sudden, he hears this, boom. And he stops and slams on his brakes, and he looks out, and there's a brick laying over the side of it. And some dude throwed this brick into his car. He jumps out, and he looks, and Looks at this guy, or, or, or this guy, and he says, look, man, I just bought this car. And you just, why did you throw a brick into my car? He said, sir, he said, my younger brother's in a wheelchair. He was crossing the road, and he fell out of the wheelchair. He was in the middle of the road, and you was too busy looking around. If I hadn't hit your car with a brick, you would have never stopped. See, sometimes those things that God does, Sometimes we get mad. Lord, why did you do that? That doesn't make any sense. If I'm in church and been serving God this long, why would you do that to me? God says, I had to collide into you, dude. Can I say dude in church? I had to collide into you. You was doing good. I mean, you got 20 years underneath your belt. I'm talking to somebody. You got 20 years of church underneath your belt. You know how to raise your hands. You know how to say hallelujah. You know all the neat songs and all the uh, 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 K-Love songs. You know when to shout, when to amen. You got professional churchism down and everything's going good, but you lost your sight of what God is calling you to do. Let me tell you something. Many times have I collided into Jesus. We're going to read Mark chapter 6. Now, Matthew chapter 14 records this same story. But Matthew chapter 14 records the part about Peter actually walking on the water. 
But Mark records some stuff that I want to take out of here, and this is out of the New King James Version. I didn't bring my glasses, so I'm going to read off the screen here. <laughs> it says, Mark chapter 6. Go ahead and stand to your feet for the reading of the word, if you would. Mark chapter 6, verse number 45. You got it? You can pull it up on your smartphone, your tablet, amen. You can go old school and actually bring a book. Amen. Immediately. Somebody say Immediately. Look at your neighbor and say, immediately. immediately. Look at your neighbor and say, not when you get ready, but immediately. Immediately, he made his disciples. Listen, not somebody that wasn't saved, not somebody, his disciples. Get into the boat and go before him to the other side to Bethesda. Now, we know what happens at Bethesda, praise God. And if you don't, I'll tell it to you in this story sometime. Anyway, <laughs> to Bethesda. While he sent the multitude away. And when he had sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. Now, when, 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 when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the sea. Man, we done set some alarms off out here. <laughs> the, the boat was in the middle of the sea. And he was alone on the land. Listen to this. You got to catch this here. Then he saw them straining and rowing. For the wind was against them. Now about the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. And would have passed him. I like how Mark does this. Would have passed them by. And when they saw him walking on the sea, they supposed it was a ghost and cried out. For they all saw him and were troubled. But immediately, say immediately. He talked with them and said to them, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Then he went up into the boat to them and the wind ceased and they were greatly amazed in themselves beyond measure and marveled for they had not understood about the loaves listen he's telling something here for they had not understood about the loaves because their heart was hardened Dear gracious Heavenly Father, let me preach this word like you gave it to me in my prayer closet. And Father, I ask you right now, Lord, that you move in this place. Lord, you mess them up. Heavenly Father, Lord, you move from the side to the side, from the front to the back, from the top to the bottom. Leave nobody and nothing undone. Heavenly Father, Lord, you move in this place. Heavenly Father, Lord, you, 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 you mess us up from the chest up. You beat us up from the feet up. Heavenly Father, Lord, you do your will and your work in this place. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. amen. Look at three people and tell them immediately. You may be seated. You may be seated in the house of God. Now when we read uh, Mark chapter 6, we have to have an understanding that we're already down into the 45th verse. So what happens at the first of Mark, first of all, what happens is, is Jesus gets rejected. Uh, he sends 12, the, the 12 out by twos. Then John the Baptist gets beheaded. And then he feeds 5,000. So listen, 
to the concept of the story and, and, and listen to what just happened. No wonder the enemy's mad. Everything that Christ already just got through doing. I mean, first of all, he gets rejected. I mean, then second of all, he finds 12 men and he points them out and sends them out by twos. <laughs> then John the Baptist, the forerunner. Man, that just messed the church up, didn't it? Man, here we are. Here's John the Baptist. He's baptizing people. I mean, he, 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 he's preaching the gospel. I mean, he, he's, he, he, he's having these meetings outside of town, and, and, and there's thousands and hundreds of people getting converted every day, and now he's in the prison, and he just got his head cut off. What are we going to do? You know what Jesus did? He goes out and feeds 5,000. He goes out and finds the hungry, and he feeds 5,000. And the disciples are there. But the Bible tells us that their heart got hardened. Don't you know that sometimes you can be around this so long that you just go through the go through? You just, you just flowing. You're coming to church and you're shucking and you're bucking. And I mean, everything's going on. And I mean, you got your Sunday grooves on and everything's going good. And I mean, you've been doing this all your life and you know what it's about. And you think that, you know, if you get too far out, then you'll just get back in. Uh, you know, and, and, and uh, 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 praise God, if you use the term that we used to use in the 90s, uh, if you get too worldly, come on, somebody. Uh, I don't think enough preachers are preaching about worldly anymore. Amen. You get too worldly or you get too out there, uh, then, uh, you know, you know how to get back because you know how to pray and you know yourself and you ain't going to get too far out there. I know I ain't talking to everybody, but I'm talking to somebody. And you won't get too far out there because you know just how to keep yourself in line. But at the same time, God is looking and he knows that you've been there. He knows that you've been there because he called you. And you just seen the miracles and the 5,000 being fed. Not only just 5,000, but if you look at it this way, if every man had a wife that would be 10,000 if every man and wife had one child that would be 15,000 but actually the numbers there because we know that they didn't just have one kid praise God my, praise God praise God my daddy had, had had 13 brothers and sisters I mean back in the day praise God so 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 we know those numbers could even reach up to 20 and 25,000 people that he fed and still took up leftovers Ain't that just like God to come up in the middle of your situation and you ain't got enough and he comes on the scene and then puts over leftover baskets. Praise God. Hallelujah. I go into the restaurant and I'm going to, I mean, I'm hungry. I'm going to eat. And I get all this food and the waitress comes by and looks at me and looks at all that food and says, uh, you want a uh, box to take it home? Um, yeah, man, I won't want to take it home. So I put it in there. I put it in my car, drive home, get out, and leave it in the truck. Anybody ever do that? Get out there the next morning, open up, and watch that smell. I eat that stuff? See, so many times God wants to even provide for us. He's getting them to a place because the Bible says that after they fed the 5,000, the Bible says that immediately, listen, Jesus looks at his disciples. He puts them in a boat and tells them to go to the other side. 
Mark tells us then Jesus gets rid of the crowd and puts them away. He doesn't ask, ask them to listen. Jesus has already got, he, he knows. He knows that, 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 that he's got to do something now because while he's doing all of this ministry, he's looking at his disciples. And I mean, I, Jesus is blessing the bread and blessing the fish. And I mean, people are coming up. And I mean, they're, they're eating that. They're getting taken care of. And all this time he's watching them. And, 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 and it, it, it's just like just going to church on Sunday. Praise God I went. Oh, let me check in on Facebook. So everybody knows I was here. Come on. I just tell everybody, yeah, this is what I do on Sunday morning. I go to church at Life Changers, and then I watch the Chiefs play. Yeah, I'm good. Everything's good. Everything's good. My life is good. Oh, I drive a new car. I got a good job. Everything's good. Oh, me and the pastor, we, we talk all the time. We text all the time. I call him all the time. Man, we're good. Everything is good. Everything is good. And coming to church and people are getting saved and people are getting delivered and they're coming off the streets. Praise God. And they're shouting in the church. And we've been in the church. We've been in church for 20 years. And we see somebody that prays and worship. And they're, they're doing all this and we're like they ain't got to do all that if you've been what they've been you would do that too if you got free you would stand up and you would tell the devil you can't have my life anymore Oh, I've been a life changer since it started. I've been going to church all my life. Oh, yeah. Everything's going good. Sometimes Jesus has to immediately. I'm fixing just... Built this little walkway, and I said, "What's that?" I says, "My mosh pit." I'm just. <laughs> I get too fired up. Can you catch me, Cody? I'll try. All right. <laughs> At least you're willing. <laughs> oh, Burks probably wouldn't. He? Jesus immediately. Immediately after he's doing this, he's what? Don't you know that God is watching you? The Bible even says that when Jesus went up to pray, that he was watching them in the sea. See, we think, well, didn't you see me when the wind was blowing? Didn't you see me when the storm was coming? He says, yeah. Yeah, I've seen you. Well, I was straining. I know. That's the most you've ever moved. (laughs) You ought, to move. you ought to move like that in church. I'll take a bite of this nod. Listen. He says, yeah. He's, he's watching the disciples. One part of the scripture in the, in the King James Version calls it a tempest. Now, a tempest is not like a tornado or a cyclone or something like that because a tempest is something that happens underneath. It's something that happens if they would have an earthquake. 
That when the earth begins to move, begin to shift, and that's where all the uh, uh, typhoons and, and uh, tsunami waves, not typhoon, but tsunami waves come. And so, and so there was something underneath the ground. The disciples got in the boat, but if there had been a cloud in the sky so they could have discerned it, they'd have probably said, you know what? We better wait. But the day he put them in the boat, it was blue skies, birds flying everywhere. He immediately put them in and, and, and a tempest underneath the ground. We didn't even see this one coming, Pastor. I didn't even, I went to church on Sunday and you priests, I was at the altar and God moved up. And before I got home, we got a divorce. Everything fell apart. I didn't even see this one coming. It come from underneath. He went up on the mountain. And the Bible says I, would, I, could, I, I, I could talk about Matthew chapter 14 because, I mean, this is where we really preachers get into it. I mean, Peter walked on the water. But what I'm trying to tell you is Jesus collided into them. And he know he chose. He chose to put them in a certain situation that it would take him to get them out. Come on, somebody. Don't you think for one minute that the enemy is control of a believer? That is a lie from the pits of hell. And don't you know that the authority that God gave us through Jesus Christ, hell has no more power over you. It has no more voice over you. The voice inside of you is over him. So quit believing the lie. Well, the devil did it again. No, he didn't do it again. I mean, it sounded like a Britney Spears song. Oops. I did it again. <laughs> My wife's going to say, why did you do that? <laughs> Listen. What God has sealed and done through Jesus Christ, you have the power. The devil didn't do it. He didn't have the authority to do it. All he did was suggested it. And let me tell you something. When he makes those powerful suggestions, it all depends on where your heart is. Oh, I ain't got no amens now. It all depends on where your heart is. He's making a suggestion of what you would like. Do you want more of God or do you just want to be like Freaky Freddy and flow every now and then? I'm telling you now, we need some more saints of God that will stand back up and preach this thing. We need some another church that will compel them to come in out of the dark places. I don't know, preacher. You know, I mean, I like them to come. I just don't know if they'd be a good fit. Man, sit down. I mean, just sit down. What do you mean good fit? I mean, look at your old mug. I mean, look what God did for you. Let me tell you something. I had a good mullet in the 90s, and he still saved me. Yeah, he did. Woo. See, Jesus has got them. I like what Mark says because he comes. Listen to this. Listen to this. He could have come immediately. I know that immediately he run them out into the boat, but he waited until the fourth watch. 
The Bible said that they were straining and rowing, fighting for their life. And Jesus is watching them. After nobody could have ever discerned. Going into 2020, I mean, we all stood up. We, we, we know we did. And we looked and said, it's the vision year. Look what's going to happen. And by the third month of 2020, the world shut down. And none of us, they did, none of us told us that. Nobody ever said anything what's going to happen. It, it, it was something from underneath that had been planned, but blocked from us. But God was watching. Some of us strained. Some of us lost family members. Some of us had to, be, I, 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 I had to preach funerals in 2020 because of coronavirus. I've been slammed on TV because I don't wear a mask. I don't care if you do or you don't. That's fine with me. But I want you to know right now that here's the thing. Is that in this place right now, God already knew. And if there's ever a time that the church collided with Jesus, it will be 2020. If there's every year that the church woke up, it will be 2020. If there's every year that Jesus come walking on the turbulence of the sea while everything was tossed and fro, it was that. The Bible said, Mark tells it this way, said Jesus came and would have passed them. How many times has Jesus come to the church and we've been here just doing this and he just passed us by? How many times has we come to the church and start singing our songs, stop praising God and everything's going good and Jesus comes walking through and in the turbulence of our life because our life is messed up and the winds are blowing and we're smiling because we, we, we want everybody to think that everything's all right and our life is on a big old sea and the winds are blowing and Jesus is coming by and we never acknowledge. Never acknowledge. Jesus got the whole 12 disciples in one boat. Listen. He didn't get several. He got every one of them. He said, because when I come, I'm going to collide into every single one of you. He come. He come walking. Oh, it might have been Fred Samp. I don't know. But he come walking on the water. Peter says, I mean, Matthew chapter 14, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come. Jesus didn't say, thou Peterest. Peterest. (laughs) My God, I can't believe I'm on camera. I, I love it thou. I, I need to edit, re-edit that. Sorry. I love it thou. <laughs> I messed that all up. <laughs> it 
Sometimes the deepest conversations with God comes in the simplest form. He just said, come. He didn't explain why. He didn't reintroduce himself. He didn't say, did you remember me feeding the 5,000? He didn't say all of these. He just, Peter says, he says, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come. And Jesus just says, come. Peter gets out of the boat. I wish this was taller. <laughs> Listen, in our mind, we think he just, huh? But listen, this is, this is in the middle of the sea. Peter crawls out of the boat. Now, I don't know how far he walked. The Bible doesn't say. Some says, well, he got two steps. He could have got 50 steps. It doesn't say. It just says that when he got his eyes off of Jesus and on the waves that he started sinking. He was far enough from the boat that Jesus had to pick him up and carry him back to the boat and put him in. And Jesus never said nothing to the winds and waves. As soon as Jesus got in the boat, it stopped. Now, when he was sleeping in the boat, he stood up and told his top, and they said, who is this man who speaks to the winds and the waves? But he didn't say a word. He just, he got in the boat, and when he got in the boat, it stopped. Talking about a collision. Listen. There were some things that we're going to have to do See, he was talking to the whole 12 disciples in the boat, but only one. Let me tell you something right now. Y'all hear me. Hear me really good. If just one person in this building gets it, Jesus is going to get in the boat of everyone. Come on, somebody. He just, he just needs one to have faith. And because of the one that had faith, all the wind stopped. Thank God that Peter was an old rugged fisherman. He didn't care what they thought or what they thought, anything. He got out and he walked on the water. Yeah, he doubted. So did you. Probably three or four times a day. I won't look at none of you. But the thing about it is, was there had to be a running into of Christ. There's some stuff that these men are going to do. And Mark tells us it was concerning the church service they was just in. Just Kansas language. They In the church service of the loaves, their hearts were hardened. How do you come to church and see stuff like this and get your heart hardened? How do you see revival breaking out in a pandemic and get your heart hardened? Jesus has to run into us sometimes. That collide. That 
I mean, I mean, that moment when, 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 when you thought you had everything just right. Jesus said, I'm going to take you further. And I'm going to take you deeper. But first, I got to run smack into you. Before we get any further, I need to wreck you. Anybody ever been wrecked in worship? I mean, all we want to have this dignified look. You know, we're coming in and we're all cool. and You know, you know we want to do this, sometimes do this. And man, man, I remember the first time when, when me and Pastor Anna had got out and been preaching, that there, there was a motorcycle church in Denison, Texas. I'm talking about, it was a Pentecostal holiness church. But these dudes rode motorcycles. And they asked me to come and preach. And so I said, okay. And I come in and I mean, they pulled out these electric goods. I mean, we're, I'll fly away, you know, at, at, at home church. And we get in there and I mean, they're just, and they got long hair and they got uh, tattoos and they got earrings. And I mean, and I'm sitting on the front row and I mean, I mean a week, preaching a week to these jokers. I'm sitting there. I get back to my church and I'm up there and I mean, they're out there, I'll fly. And I'm, Sitting on the front row and them old people's going. <laughs> I couldn't help it. I mean, it did. I'm... <laughs> Pastor Andy, you can come begin, please. Listen. We, sometimes we come in here and the power of God just wrecks us. I mean, just slams into us. Two weeks ago, I'm preaching, and this gentleman is sitting right here. And into my preaching, he's over here going, <laughs> and I'm thinking, man, dude, this dude's getting wrecked. I mean, he did. He, he, God wrecked him right in the middle of it. And we've been doing this so long, when the preacher preaches and he starts preaching our stuff, we're like, I wonder who he's talking to. <laughs> Boy, they better straighten up. <laughs> and so every now and then, Jesus has to run into us. Ooh. He has to just boom. I mean, just smack dab. There were some things that these disciples was going to face. Jesus says, boys, I mean, I just did something that McDonald's could never pull off. In the middle of the desert with nobody around. And you want to look around? Hey, glad you're here, man. God bless you. God bless you. Glad you're here. Glad you're here. God bless you. God bless you. Yeah, man. Glad y'all came. Glad to have you. Life changers is growing. We're doing good. So glad you came, man. God bless you. Praise God. No. no. <laughs> 
He says, I'm going to take you somewhere. I'm going to wreck you. I'm going to bring people in here to worship beside you that you're going to look across and think, what are they doing here? The pastor only knew. He says, I'm going to wreck you. The enemy came out of nowhere. From underneath, the ground began to shake. And the waves began to get boisterous. And Jesus goes up on the mountain and watches. He waits until we wore ourselves out. (laughs) This is another message in itself, but what really got me was at the end of it, when when Jesus caught Peter, after he walked on the water, got him in the boat, he looked at him and said, you got little faith, man. I mean, really? I just walked on water. Listen, listen, listen. It... it, it, (laughs) It amazes me that Jesus runs into him, picks him up, puts him in a boat, and still rebukes him. I mean, when I come to church and I can't believe the pastor preached on that, does he know how many how much tithe I pay? Does he know how many people I bring to church? If I didn't come, I could count on my hand at least four that wouldn't come. 25 years, man, I've heard it all. Believe me. Believe me. God is saying, I'm going to wreck you. I'm going to collide into your life. You may be in that boat right now. I don't know. You may be in debt up to your eyeballs. You may be fixing to file a, a bankruptcy claim. I don't know. Maybe you're about to lose your family. Maybe your children has been on dope so long that you don't know if they're going to come home tonight or not. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you're at the place that you don't even know if you're going to be able to pay your electric bill just to have heat. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, you're in, you've been in this storm and it's wearing you. Out. Telling you, church, the only reason you even got in that boat is because Jesus did it immediately. He didn't wait for you to figure it out. It was a wonderful day when I got in this boat. <laughs> I'm just trying to do what God told me, Pastor, and I'm out here and I don't know what in the world's going on. I mean, it he just got crazy. It was all good. And I'm just doing what God told me to do. Here I am. It's all messed up. I don't understand it. Wait for it. About to get wrecked. Woo. Come on, somebody. You're about to get wrecked. He's not going to leave you there. 
He didn't take you all the way there to drop you off. He brought you all the way there because if he's going to bring you to it, he's going to bring you through it. And you are going to make it. Stand to your feet all over this building. Every head bowed or eyes closed or hands raised, however you want to do it in here. I will talk to some of you ministers here just for a minute. I want y'all to just grab a hold of this. Some of you ministers in here. The enemy has really got you to that position. You teachers, you singers, that ministry that is in your life. You are looking at your life. You're trying to make sense of it right now. Hallelujah. You're trying to make sense of it right now. 